With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the King's Court on Arena Sportsnet. Presented by American Grappler. I've got more swagger than Mick Jagger. More sex appeal than Vince Neal. All guests from all walks of life share their time with the King of Connecticut. They are dreaming of just one night, just one night with a man such as myself. Any and everything goes. I am the King of Connecticut. I was raised with class and sophistication. And now, from Norwalk, Connecticut... Weighing in at 230 pounds. If George Clooney had muscles, they call him the King of Connecticut. The one, the only, Matt Granahan. It is the pernicious purveyor of preposterous pomposity, manipulating the minuscule minds of the masses of miscreants. I am your host, the suntan superman, the king of Connecticut, Matt Granahan, and I am joined by my esteemed host. The one and only golden voice of Chicago, Brian Snow, the snowman. Brian, are you there? Snowman's in the house, your majesty. Excellent. Well, without further ado, we're going to get into this this episode. And this is going to be a real interesting episode. We're going to take you behind the scenes of MMA marketing and... MMA booking, and we're going to follow this up with a 12-minute clip from the meeting notes that I had with uh, Spike TV executive when we were doing the rebranding project, and I should I should kind of set this up and explain. This was done in, it was either late 2012 or early 2013. I was approached uh, to be a contracted prime marketing consultant, and at the time, uh, I was uh, president of American Combat Association. We had just been featured in UFC Magazine in 2011 for our SICS clinics, and I was doing a lot of a lot of radio interviews, and that's how that's how these guys first identified me. Uh, this these, one particular executive from Spike was doing his research, trying to figure out how to set up this team, this three-group team, had heard me on a serious satellite show back in 2011, 2012, 
talking about my MMA booking philosophy. Now, at that time, I had been competing in MMA prior to that, and I had been doing, and I think I was telling everybody I wore every hat you could wear on a Bush League scene as far as competitor, coach, cornerman, broadcaster, ring announcer, referee, and I had, I had just hosted the uh, Warrior Island reality series. So he heard me and he heard my whole philosophy and he brought put me on this team. And at that time, Bellator was going to Spike TV. Now, if folks may not remember, this was when UFC got a TV deal with Fox mm-hmm. and with the Fox Sports franchise. So UFC had always been identified with Spike TV and, and the Spike TV guys were freaking out because basically it was the UFC that put Spike TV on the map. Brian, you remember uh, the Ultimate Fighter reality series? I sure do. Yeah, now it was, that was huge and everybody remembers that and I talk about that period of time that, that, that couple of years as being the peak for the UFC because with the Ultimate Fighter reality series, it was the first time that this cage fighting was being seen by the masses. Prior to that, it had been somewhat of an underground sport. And folks remember back with like John McCain uh, and uh, other politicians that were trying to ban it, calling it human cockfighting. Right. That was back when the, before there were rounds and, and uh, time limits and weight classes. And, and it had that, had that stigma. It was never mainstream. And the Ultimate Fighter coincided with Spike TV's emergence. So that was what was synonymous with Spike TV and, and put them on the map. So these guys were freaking out when... UFC signed this deal with Fox. I mean, just imagine it, Brian. Imagine like Arena Sports Network. If I was to tell you tomorrow, the King's Court is going over to ESPN. How would you feel about that? I'd die. I'd I'd totally be freaking out because it's one of our more popular shows on the network. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, to a lot of people, the Arena Sports Network... Hopefully, it's synonymous with the King's Court. Mm -hmm. And that was a situation. So, basically, I was asked to be a part of this three-man marketing team. And the team was headed up by a marketing guy. Uh, And I'm a marketing guy. You know, I have a degree in marketing. But a guy who was specifically with this marketing company. But it was a company called Three Group. And Three Group was a really had a great concept. They had one of their own guys who was their marketing guy. And then they selected two industry knowledgeable uh, folks to join this three man team. So it was, it was this one guy who was from the, from the three group marketing team and then me. And when they contacted me, I suggested that they bring in John Shattuck you know, who's been on this show and mm-hmm. who's a brilliant mind. You know, he's an MMA gym owner, uh, promoter. He's, he's wearing every hat you can wear also, fighter, um, and, has, and has a brilliant mind. 
in the business. So it was the three of us. And what you're going to hear in this 12-minute clip is essentially the marketing plan that Bellator has been using for the last several years. And it's been quite uh, successful for them. Now, something else you're going to hear this guy, the Spike executive, talk about in this in this meeting is he is so fixated on this tournament, and he's going to use the word, the term fight master, fight master. And he he's a nice guy, really nice guy. And and I opened up his eyes um, to what they should be doing to promote and to to basically keep the the, the ratings that they had with UFC, but it took them a while to get it because, mm-hmm. and you're going to, you're going to be able to tell in this clip, the guy's completely clueless about MMA booking. And he's got this bizarre tunnel vision about this tournament, about this fight master. So the clip pretty much speaks for itself. And we're going to, we're going to play the clip, but think about it. I want you to, after you hear this, I want you to think about what I'm saying in this clip when you first hear it is that they need to recreate the fireworks that essentially made Spike TV a household name, made UFC a household name. And that was the main event between Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin. Now, they already had Stefan Bonner at this point. They had signed Stefan Bonner, and they didn't know what to do with him. They were going to put him in this Fight Master tournament. And you'll hear in the clip, I'm telling this guy, <laughs> you get Forrest Griffin. He's at the end of his MMA career, or UFC career. You bring him in, and you recreate the, the fight that put UFC on the map. And the guy can't get it. He's, he, he, you know, it's, it's hilarious in this clip, and it, it, it speaks for itself. Yeah, I've got to give my thoughts on it. It was like I was beating the guy over the head, beating him senseless verbally to try to explain to him. He's like, do you mean uh, we put them in the tournament, in the fight master? <laughs> and, that, and he goes, are you, or what are you talking about? Are you talking about actually booking a fight between these two? <laughs> the guy's a nerd. You know, he's a pencil neck geek. Uh, you know, he's a complete pencil neck geek, and, and and you know, I and I, and I'm and I'm setting him straight. But this guy is such a geek, and yeah. he's such a nerd. I mean, the guy he, he's one of those guys like Jim Cornette said. Uh, you know, I love this quote. Uh, if he was ever found himself in a men's locker room, he'd be whistling "Stranger in Paradise." <laughs> Jim Cornette, one of the best. <laughs> and I had to steal that line from Jimsy there, but uh, yeah, just the guy's just a, he's just a pencil neck geek. But I was extremely proud to see that I turned this guy around and my ideas were utilized by Bellator and to this day and the marketing plan itself was written by the, the gentleman from three group. Uh, but he he utilized our input. He had no real input of his own, but he was smart enough. When you don't know anything, you're smart enough to sit back and let people that do know tell you. And that was 
really what created what you've seen over the years. Shamrock, Gracie, King Mo, who's been a regular here on our show, uh, versus Rampage Jackson. Oh, yeah. Um, Chael Summon versus Vanderlei Silva. Uh, Matt Mitrione versus Fedor. I could go on and on. Bellator is what it is. Today, because of what you are going to hear in the next 12 minutes. So without further ado, we are pulling the curtain back like no other show has ever done. And we are going to let you see behind-the-scenes marketing for one of the top two major MMA promotions in the world, Bellator. Let's, Let's roll it, Brian. Tape rolling. Right now, I don't think he's ever going to be in cut of attention uh, for for championship in UFC anymore. I think he's, and, and I don't follow it closely enough to know for sure, but I think his better days are are behind him. Let me give you a million. Let me give you the bill, the million dollar idea for Forrest Griffin. Okay. Let me give you let me give you the million dollar idea right now. The fight that put MMA on the map. And makes mainstream with Forrest Griffin versus Stephen Bonner at the Ultimate Fighter finale. Stephen Bonner is done with UFC. Forrest Griffin may be done with UFC. If not, I'm sure he'd be enticed to be done with UFC. You put those two guys in a fight on a main event of a Bellator, and you're going you're to sell it out in every... Not every, but virtually every UFC fan is going to watch it and, and is going to take notice and is going to know who Bellator is. Well, see, that's a great a great uh, question because... Uh, well, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you get it, though? Do you, it, it's a series of UFC Ultimate Fighter 1 that, that put uh, the UFC on the map. Um, we are doing a discussion now, the Bellator group, and someone argued, they said, it wasn't really just the reality show, it was also the Ultimate Fighter finale, right. where Forrest Griffin and, uh, and uh, Stephen Bonner had what people considered to be the best MMA fight in the history of the sport. It may not have been, but it was, it was one hell of a fight. And they had a couple rematches, and every time that, that the UFC wanted to get more viewers, they would put those guys in a rematch. No, and they had a couple of rematches. They had a couple of rematches. Now... I don't. I think now might be the time for uh, for those guys um, to be booked in a fight to fight one another in double tour. Right, but okay. So is that more conducive to the 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 fight master format or to the tournament? Is, is, do you have the ability to kind of? Are you talking about kind of making a match? You know, like making a fight or? I'm talking about absolutely. Yeah, I'm talking about I'm talking about that. That match right there was always fireworks. That was the match that put MMA on the map. What I'm talking about is setting those guys up for a rematch and having it on a Bellator card, headlining a Bellator card with it. Okay, well, you know, like one of the first comments that you made on the group was um, about uh, King Mo. And uh, yeah. he, he got, I guess, uh, an early upset in the tournament. Did, did that yeah. affect... Or diminish any of your interest in in, in watching subsequent events? Is did it? You know? It kind of did. It kind of did actually in a sense because I, I don't. I'm not really a big 
MMA fan anymore as far as sitting there and watching it on TV. I watch the big fights, um, you know, maybe with, with friends, like it, with the big uh, main events, uh, you know, pay-per-views and stuff. But I'm not where I sit there and watch it. If you guys had to ask me to be in that uh, group, I probably would never tune in. So the only guy that I really knew, there were only two guys that I really knew that were fighting in Bellator, because I don't really keep up with, it, with the guys that are fighting now. And it was uh, Ben Askren and King Mo. And I knew King Mo because he's also signed with the TNA Wrestling, and, and there's been a lot of press about him. And I remember King Mo, you know, from Japan and from Strike Force, and he was always an exciting fighter. Okay. So when he lost that fight, which was a huge upset, huge upset. When he lost that fight, yeah, I, I kind of lost a little bit of interest. Uh, because there, and this goes back to what I was saying about there needing to be something, something compelling about guys for you to want, at least, at least for most, most fans to want to, want to tune in. King Mo was somebody who used to always come out with the ladies. Uh, he had good mic skills. You know, he was an exciting fighter as far as I consider exciting. Uh, and the guy that fought him just knocked him out, and, and I didn't really care to see that guy again. You know, it was, it was kind of like a buzzkill for me to want to want to tune in. And, it, and I had that guy, that, the guy that beat him, been a little bit more electric or maybe a little bit more marketable. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Or had there been someone else on that card or another feud on that card that was created, you know, to where there were two guys uh, were going to fight, and they, and they gave me a compelling reason to want to watch the next show, and I would have been more excited about it. Yeah. Well, that's a good point, because in, in the last uh, final of the, the Bellator uh, tournament, um, you had all first matches were basically first-round knockouts or chokeouts, like, within a, a minute. Um, yeah. Do you, do you see it as kind of a free for all? I mean, uh, um, or, or let me. Yeah. Hey, Matt. Hey, I lost you there. Yeah, something bugged out. Um, so anyway, sorry about that. But um, I got to. So I'll just rephrase the question. Basically, what I was getting at is, in terms of format, again, you got, you know, a tournament that could be a free for all. But I was just going to turn the question around and. You know, you've got love or love him or hate him. You know, Dana White. He serves a purpose at the UFC, and that is, you know, um, hyping fights and and, and you know, um, emceeing conference calls and and kind of, you know, you would imagine working on the sequence of the fights and all that. Um, yeah. do, you, do you appreciate a role like that? Is that something that's completely missing from uh, from the Bellator camp, or you know, how, how do you kind of? Oh yeah, you, you've got to have. You've, you've got. It's got to have an entertainment value, and Dana White brings an entertainment value to uh, to MMA. And, and if you remember Dana White, uh, there was a uh, there was a, a two part special back a few years ago where Dana White was going to box Tito Ortiz, and it was all about the um, the heat between Dana White and Tito Ortiz. And they were going to box each other, and Tito probably would have killed him. And Dana White was very theatrical about it. He dropped his f bombs, you know. Uh, he rips into Tito. That was that was uh, definitely uh, some theater, and it was essentially a takeoff on, you know, like a Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon is is the one Dana White gets a lot of his ideas from. He consults with, and and really kind of used that that same model of where. Uh, when they bought out all the territories, uh, Dana White's done the same thing and purchasing Pride and WEC and Strike Force and he wants to be the only game.
game in town. Um, they, they, they need somebody like that at Bellator. They need somebody who's colorful, who's kind of like, you know, the owner or the commissioner. I don't literally follow the inner workings of Bellator. I don't know who owns it. I don't know who their president is. You, know, you, want, the, you want the fans to be more vested in the company than just what's going on uh, in the actual uh, octagon itself or in the actual cage itself. And people have become so vested in UFC. Um, people have become so vested in um, who, who these people are, you know, um, who Dana White is. And a lot, a lot of people don't like him. He's very crass. He calls a lot of the fighters out. But, but by him calling the fighters out, like the whole deal with John Jones, uh, and now he is, a, he is brilliant because it created around that guy, you know, around that. that so when that guy is going to be headlining, and that guy could be John Jones, it could be King Bowles, it could be Ben Askren, I don't know what the other Bellator guys could be, you know, whomever from Bellator. But when that guy is going out to headline an event, the fans are more vested in that person, and they want to actually spend money, whether even if it's not spend money, whether it's time for their valuable day or evening to sit there and watch that person fight. You know, it's more than just two people, you know, battling it out in a cage, you know, nameless people. And I think the problem with Bellator, the reason I was excited about them having King Love, is that they haven't really built any stars yet. You know, that uh, they need to do more to build stars. UFC has done a lot to build stars. They've got their guys in movies, you know, uh, B.A. Barack and Quentin uh, Rampage Jackson. Look at all the movies Randy Couture started. They're bringing people like Randy Couture over. But Randy Couture is already a star that Dana White built. They need to build their own stars. And uh, one of the ways that they can do that is through a reality type of show. Right. Now, do you think um, there's a certain kind of fighter? I mean, we're, we're getting on this idea of the star. Um, do you think they want to be in a, in a weekly tournament where they, you know, they basically have to fight every single week? Is that, does that kind of breed for the type of fighter? Well, I mean, it's, it's the tournament deal is kind of odd because most guys are not fighting, you know, more than three or four times a year, you know, five times a year, something like you know, some of the, some of the guys fight um, that have had the smaller circuit, they, they've taken a lot more fights than they should, but, but yeah, that's, it, it's kind of odd. I mean, I mean, I think, hell, in my opinion, if you're going to do a tournament, go all out, go balls to the wall, and... and
money on, you know, what fight you could have made money on rather than fight some no name in a tournament. And you know, anybody could be knocked out at any time, so you can't really control that. But but uh, I, I don't like the tournament structure um, as much as to pick one guy against another from a marketing perspective. You know, they're selling tickets and getting interest. Right. Well, I want to go back to that. I know you're probably getting to your destination soon, right? So maybe I will. Actually, am at my destination, standing outside. Somehow we gotta we gotta break it down and then build it back up after that monstrous face off. So I'm gonna take you way back. 92. This is from a record called The Extremist. This song is called Cry.
too handsome. He's too handsome for Hollywood. He's too sexy. He's too sexy for his own good. This is the King of Connecticut, Matt Granahan, host of The King's Court, telling you to go to the Amazon Kindle store and pick up a copy of my new book, Too Handsome for Hollywood, The World According to the Suntan Superman, with the foreword by the UFC Hall of Famer, Dan the Beast Severn. He's too handsome. He's too handsome for Hollywood. He's too sexy. He's too sexy for his own good. Yeah, yeah. $9.99. Pick it up today. Too handsome for Hollywood. The Amazon Kindle store. You'll be glad you did. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.